0: Matthew chapter 5, let's, let's, uh, let's begin reading in verse 21. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. We're continuing our series in the Sermon on the Mount. And you know, it's just amazing to me when Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount. I, as I read the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, it seems like Jesus never moves off of these two topics, your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Seems like he never moves off of that. And in this passage of scripture, D Jesus deals uh, further with the topic of personal relationships and he deals more specifically with the subject of anger. And he takes the requirement of the believer beyond where, it have, where it's never been before. He takes it to a whole another level. You know, remember, before the requirement was, you shall not murder. And if you didn't murder, then that should be good enough. But now Jesus says, not only shall you not murder, but the further requirement is, you shall not be angry with someone. So he's taken it to a whole nother level. Now... He's talking to those who are interested in following Jesus. In verse 21, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. And we know that, hey, you can't go around murdering people. Man, that's not good. But he's saying if you're even angry with somebody, you're subject to judgment. So the bottom line is this. The Lord requires us to handle our emotions. And more specifically, he holds us responsible for managing our anger. We got to manage our anger. What's anger? It's the strong says. It's the feeling and the expression of strong displeasure and hostility, and can range from petty harsh words to uncontrollable wrath and rage. You know, just was thinking as I was just studying this this weekend, what was going on in that the mind of that man in Colorado this weekend or this week. There are three causes of anger. Number one hurts. When you're wounded or injured by another person, that wound how many of you know wounds and hurts from other people cause anger, cause you to be angry. But there's also frustrations when things don't go as you desired or planned, and you're forced to wait. Anger is what causes all those all those those horns to go off on Ambassador Caffrey. Impatience or lack of self-control is sometimes the cause of anger, and then there is insecurity when your self-esteem or your self-worth is attacked. It often causes anger. That's why sometimes people that get made fun of and laughed at a lot in school they begin they turn out to be this 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 violent person because it produces anger. Anger many times is simply a result of of, of personal identity our security, being challenged. And so regardless of the cause, of the, the truth of the matter is, anger is a natural and it's a normal part of life. Isn't that right? How many of you would agree with that? But it's the unmanaged anger that the Lord is concerned about here. He's not saying, you know, don't ever be angry. He's saying, don't let it get the best of you. you got to manage it. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Anybody ever felt that anger feeling around Is this the right group to talk about? It's amazing how much the Bible talks about anger. The Bible talks about anger a lot. It's amazing. James 119 says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteousness, the righteous life that God desires. Everybody should be slow to speak quick, or quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become anger. In other words, the Lord's saying, I need you to learn how to manage your anger, anger management. In Ephesians 4 and 26, Paul said, be angry and yet do not sin. Be angry and yet do not sin. So there's two kinds of anger. There's permissible anger, which is anger that is properly dealt with. And then there's unpermissible anger, which is anger that is not properly dealt with. And so Paul says, be angry and yet do not sin. In other words, he said, it's the uncontrolled, unmanaged anger that will cause you problems. It'll cause you to sin. How many of you know anger will cause you to sin? Why is it so important that we learn how to manage anger? Well, it's amazing the effects of anger and how it detrimentally affects your life. And I want to just bring out some of those because sometimes it's motivation for us to deal with it. And I want to give you five negative effects of anger. Number one, angry people start fights wherever they go. Angry people start fights. You know, Proverbs 29, 22 says, An angry person starts fights. You know, it's amazing. They live in relational turmoil. They can't get along with anybody. You know, they start fights wherever they go. And the slightest thing, man, you know, sometimes I'm, you know, whenever I know that there's an angry person and a friend of mine comes in their presence, I cringe. It's like, I hope they don't say the wrong thing because, man, boom. There it goes. Come on. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And so, you know, angry people starts fights. And, and, you know, when I worked in the all field, uh, I worked with this, an angry coworker. And, and, you know, uh, um, you know, I tried my best to get along with him and everybody else. But for some reason, I had trouble getting along with this guy. And it seemed like it was just a matter of time that I came under the wrath of this man. And, you know, but I, then I noticed something, you know, not only did he have problems with me, but he had, had problems with everybody else in the workplace. You know, you could tell when somebody has anger because everywhere they go, they start fights. They're just they're just a fight waiting to happen. And so, you know, that one morning, you know, I was just praying about it. and I said, Lord, how come I can't get along with it? And I read this verse in Proverbs 29, 22. Angry person starts fights. And I thought, that's what the problem is. Now, the good news is that gave me understanding of the man and I was able to minister to him down the road. Are you angry? Ask your spouse. No, 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 just kidding. (laughs) Another negative effect of unmanaged anger is angry people usually live sad and unhappy lives. You know, you never see cheerful, happy people that are angry. Angry people wear a scowl on their face instead of their lips going you know their smile going this way it goes this way. Angry people are not happy people and and it you know it it proves out in the scripture. Do you remember when cain and uh, Cain and Abel had to bring their offerings to the Lord? Listen to what Genesis 4 says, And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions, and the Lord had respect and regard for Abel uh, and for his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no respect or regard. And Cain was exceedingly angry and and indignant, and he looked sad and depressed. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? See, anger robbed Cain of his joy. And unmanaged anger will rob you of your joy. The Lord has joy for us. Is that right? One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. But you can't have the joy of the Lord if you're angry. Because anger will rob you of your joy. Is that right, saints? And so, you know, uh, Proverbs 15, 13 says, When people are happy, they smile. But when they are sad, they look depressed. Some people are looking depressed because of unmanaged anger. A third negative effect of unmanaged anger is angry people suffer physically. Proverbs 17, says, being cheerful keeps you healthy. It's slow death to be gloomy all the time. You know, how many of you know a merry heart does good like a medicine? But when you're angry, you're not happy and your body... Your body pays the price for it. Anger causes a rise in emotional RPMs, I call it. You know, it's like angry people, their jaws are tight. And, you know, and their RPMs, their emotional RPMs go high. It's like if you're in a car and you put your foot on the gas pedal and the car's in neutral or in, in park and you press on the gas pedal. What is, what? You know, people that are angry, their emotional RPMs are like, whoa, they go through the roof. And after a while, you receive premature aging. Now, that's a good enough reason to deal with it right there. Because nobody wants wrinkles and look like they're 90 whenever they're only 40, right? But, you know, unmanaged anger has been linked to physical issues such as heart disease, colitis, strokes, migraines, and digestive problems. So, you know, if you don't deal with anger, anger is going to affect you physically. And sometimes you go to the doctor and they, you know, they check your heart, they check everything, and, but they can't find nothing. They say, ah, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, why am I hurting all over? Well, it might be. Because of unmanaged anger. The fourth negative effect of unmanaged anger is angry people forfeit their spiritual destiny. You know, you know Moses is a great example of how anger can, can, cause, can, can just destroy God's destiny for your life. And and you remember when Moses was leading the nation of Israel, and and they they were a bunch of murmuring and complaining people, you know. They said, "Oh, you know, we were we were getting uh, oppressed in Egypt. We had to work all day. We barely got any food. We barely got any rest." And God delivers them, and they get out in the wilderness. They said, "Man, we got to eat this old nasty bread." And where's our water? We're thirsty. We hadn't had any fruit in a while, and they begin to murmur and complain. And Moses is about to just like say, "Lord, let me handle this for you." Right? But you know, and so they crying out. And so the Lord, Moses goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, what, if, what should I do? And this is the Lord's response in, in Numbers 20 verse 4. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all our livestock? This is the people. Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? This land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, and no water to drink. They were murmuring, complaining people. So Moses and Aaron seek direction from the Lord. Verse 6, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people, went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared and the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As people watch, speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. This is going to provide water for the people. So watch how Moses handles the situation. He says, sounds good. So he calls everybody together. In verse 9, Moses did what He was told, he took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. And then he and Aaron summoned the people to come together at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted, must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand, struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out. So that the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. So it seems everything is cool, right? The people drank. Moses did what he was told, Right? No. What did the Lord tell him? Speak to the rock. What did he do? Did the Lord tell him, go over there, tell them they're rebels. Give them a piece of your mind. Then speak to the rock and then the water's going to come out. No, the Lord said, just go speak to the rock. The water's going to come out and they're going to drink. No, I think the problem was Moses lost his cool. I think Moses had a temper tantrum. In Jesus' name, of course, you know. And so it seems that, you know, everything was cool. Moses was happy. Israel was happy. It was all good. But notice what the Lord tells Moses after Israel drinks in verse 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them. The result of Moses not being able to manage his anger was he didn't get the chance to go into the promised land. This is an incredible story. Moses forfeited his destiny because he didn't know how to manage his anger. And you know, an application of that anger will ruin your relationships. It'll ruin your job. It'll ruin, it'll, it'll cause trouble in your life if you don't manage it right. God has a destiny, he has a purpose, but sometimes we'll never reach that like Moses if we don't deal with our anger. Amen. Are y'all with me today? Unmanaged anger will cause you to not get everything God has for you. And so the fifth negative effect of unmanaged anger is angry people sin against the Lord. They sin against the Lord. You can't avoid sinning against the Lord when you can't manage your anger. Is that right? How many of you would agree with that today? Say amen. Proverbs twenty nine twenty two says, an angry man stirs up dissension and a hot-tempered one commits many sins. You know, what? whenever you're angry, you'll cuss and swear. Whenever you're angry, you take the Lord's name in vain. Whenever you're angry, you'll be critical and judgmental. Whenever you're angry, you'll be bitter and unloving. Whenever you're angry, you'll be impatient and kind. It's just part of the fruit of the root of anger in your life. And you break the law of God. Sin is unavoidable when you have unmanaged anger. Proverbs 29, 22 says, a hot tempered man starts fights and gets into all kinds of trouble. You know, I remember this picture. You know, uh, you know how anger causes you sin and causes you problems. I remember this guy I was watching, I was working with him one day and we were, we were working, uh, doing some, uh, building something and we are pulling nails out of wood and, and, uh, and, and he couldn't get a nail out of a board and, uh, he just, you know, he, he just got upset. <laughs> Come on. How many of you have been there? Come on. How many of you can, how many of you can put yourself right alongside of them? And I'll never forget it because it was funny, but it wasn't funny. And he, you know, finally got so frustrated. He took his hammer and he threw it and the the hammer hit something and it turned around and came back, popped him in the head. (laughs) You know, and that's just a picture. If you don't manage anger, you're going to get hit in the head. Amen. Are y'all with me out there? And so, so enough of the negative effects. How do we deal with this, this anger, right? How do we deal with unmanaged anger? Let's talk about that for a minute. There are three ways you can manage your anger. One is by repressing it. And that's when you ignore it or deny your feelings and you pretend you've never been affected by what's going around you. We internalize it, stuff it, cover it up by not saying anything or doing anything. And repressing anger causes an explosion. It's like that volcano. You know, you repress it, you repress it, you ignore it, you cover it up, and then all of a sudden, man, it just comes out in fury. And that's why, that's why sometimes you see people just go on a rampage and they just get so violent. It's, it, that, that didn't start yesterday. How many of you know that? That started a long time ago. That's years of unmanaged anger that has been stuffed and repressed. Repressing anger is not the proper way of managing our anger. And then there's, you can manage your anger by expressing it, and that's when you become very vocal and verbal about your feelings and dissatisfaction with life, or, or you, you begin to, to uh, live, live out your anger. And we'll become very quick and aggressive in expressing how we feel. We become like a taser gun and anybody in our sight gets tasered because we express our anger. And, and uh, the good news is that we get it off our chest. The bad news is there's people bleeding everywhere. Amen. And we say, I just had to get this off my chest. Well, I appreciate that. Appreciate that it's off your chest. And it's now ripped my heart. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so expressing how you feel is emotionally healthy and a proper way to handle anger as long as it's done in a controlled and kind way. Amen? Are y'all with me? And so, so we can repress it, we can express it. And a third way to manage anger is to process it. You process it or you confess it, that's when you, you uh you ignore you don't ignore it or uncontrollably express it, but you carefully and responsibly allow the Lord to help you deal with it. That's where we need to be right there, amen. The good news is that the Lord is is uh is familiar with anger and he can help us with it, amen. And so whenever we processing anger, we need to remember, number one, anger is a normal and natural emotion. So if you feel angry, don't beat yourself up and don't condemn yourself. It's normal. Paul said in Ephesians 6, be angry, be angry. Put the emphasis on, be angry, but yet do not sin. So Paul is giving us permission to be angry. How many of you know Jesus experienced anger? Righteous indignation. Remember when he went in the the temple? Those guys that were at the tables when that table came, you know, flying at them, they didn't say, Oh, Jesus is full of the joy of the Lord today. Right? How many of you know they said, He's ticked. He's mad. And so, remember, in Mark 3, 5, after looking around, he was, he was angry at the religious leaders. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Jesus experienced anger, but yet he didn't sin. The Bible says in Hebrews 4, 15, He was one who was tempted in all things, as we are yet without sin. And so I believe that part of handling anger correctly is realize, you know what? Anger is an emotion that God has given us, and it's not wrong to feel anger. We just got to learn how to handle this thing. Amen? Because I think if you condemn yourself, you know, I think growing up, we are taught how to mishandle anger. You know, even as a child, if you, all of a sudden you get frustrated and you say something, we come and say, don't, don't say that. Don't do that. And we repress it instead of allowing and in teaching our children how to deal with it correctly. Amen? Or we just let them fly off the handle and don't do anything about it. And so they grow up thinking they can act in public like they do at home and they get in all kinds of trouble. They get hit on the head. Amen? Y'all still with me? So remember, it's okay to be angry. It's a God-given emotion. The problem is not being angry. The problem is how we manage it. B, we need to remember to deal with anger quickly. The Bible says be, in Ephesians 4.26, be angry and yet do not sin. And do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, before you go to bed, deal with it. Don't let it sit there. Don't let it stir. Don't let it fester. And so every night before you go to bed, you've got to release the things that frustrated you, the people that hurt you. You've got to keep short accounts. Amen? The quicker you release the cause of your anger, the easier it is to overcome anger. The longer you go without releasing the offenders or the frustrations of your anger, the harder it is to overcome it. And that's why some people get to the point of no return because they've, they've gone so long without dealing with it that it just gets rooted in their life. And so we got to remember to deal with anger quickly. Don't, don't allow yourself. And by the way, if the Bible says to control your anger, it's because we can. Is that right? I mean, why would the Lord tell us to do something we can't? That would be unfair. So the Lord gives us the grace to be able to do it. Let her see. Remember, unmanaged anger gives the devil an opportunity. And that's what Paul said in verse 27. Uh, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil an opportunity. You know, unresolved and unmanaged anger opens the door and gives the devil access into your life. And you know, it'd be interesting to find out this guy in Colorado. What, what's his story? But you know, how many of you know that was demonically influenced big time? I mean, even atheists will probably say that was demonically influenced, right? But listen, you know, unresolved anger, if it's not dealt with, it turns into something else. It turns into bitterness. And when bitterness gets rooted in your life, it just defiles your whole life. And that's what Hebrews 12, 15, see to them that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Whenever anger is not dealt with, it opens the door for the enemy and the enemy comes in, jumps on that opportunity and just plants himself in our life big time. And so we got to deal with this thing called anger. Amen. And then finally, remember, or not finally, but remember, manage anger gives the devil an opportunity. Letter D, remember to confess it to the Lord. That's what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do with our anger? We're supposed to turn to the Lord. Amen. We're supposed to give it. Listen, how, how do you manage your anger? Confess it to the Lord. Lord, I got problems. You don't repress it by stuffing it. You don't express it by having an uncontrollable temper. And you, and you don't, but you confess it to the Lord and ask the Lord to help you with it. Amen. And so that's what, the, how many of you know the Lord can handle it? It's okay for us to turn to Him. And so to properly manage our anger, we need to admit it to the Lord. Lord, i got an anger problem. I can tell I have an anger problem because of the way I act and the way I speak and the things I do. How many of you know that's a telltale sign? So we need to turn to the Lord. How does Jesus help with our anger? He gets to the root of the problem. How many of you know that anger is not the problem? It's just a symptom of a problem. There's a deeper root going on inside of us. How many of you know that? I don't know if you heard that. Let me say it again. Anger is really not the problem. It's just a symptom of a deeper problem. And we got to deal with the root if we're going to deal with the fruit. And so anger is a fruit, but we need to deal with the root. What's causing the anger or what caused the anger to begin with? Jesus wants to get to the root of the problem so that the fruit goes away. Amen. And that's the great news is you can take medication for your anger, but it's just going to deal with the fruit and not deal with the root. You can go to counseling, secular counseling, and they will help you deal with the fruit, but they won't help you deal with the root. If you want to get rid of it, you got to deal with the root, lay the ax to the root. And the Lord is the master of putting the ax right where it needs to be. Amen. Amen. That's the great news, amen. That's the encouragement. And so, listen. Whether it be that we've been, uh, you know, mistreated, hurt, wounded, whether we've uh, we've been neglected and there's an absence of love, it doesn't matter. The cause of it, the Lord has a solution for it. How many of you know the love of the Lord covers a multitude of sins? Amen. How many of you know that the power of God can break the strongest demonic force? And that's the good news in church today: is that you don't have to live with anger. You can be delivered and set free because Jesus paid it all so that we can be set free. Amen. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me if you're weary and burdened and I will give you rest. In Matthew or John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. The Lord wants to fill our hearts with peace. Amen. So listen, you know, anger is a deep-rooted thing. And you know, some people... You know, the reason why they deal with anger. You know, the Bible says, stay away from angry people because you're going to learn their behavior. Some of us are angry because we grew up in a very angry, hostile, violent home. Amen. But Jesus saved you to break that pattern. He saved you to reverse that curse. Amen. Amen. Some of us are angry because we've been hurt and rejected and we've been so harshly dealt with over for so many years that it's just gotten the best of it and all we've known how to do, even as Christians, is repress it. But I'm encouraging you today to confess it to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want this bitter root in my life. I want to be healed, delivered, and set free. Amen. Are you with me today? And the great news is that you can you know, I read a story years ago and it, there was a little village in Africa and uh, they noticed people were dying off in this village. Everybody else around was fine. This particular village, people kept dying off. And so they brought in specialists to try to find out, you know, what's causing all these deaths? And they found out there was some kind of epidemic, some kind of disease that was rampant in the village. And so they did everything they could. They checked the water, found out there was, there was disease in the water. And all the water of the village came from the stream from up the mountain. And as they followed the stream, they said, it's got to be in the stream. And they followed the stream. And somewhere up along, they had a dead animal that had died in the stream and had been there for a long time. And it was decomposing and disease set in on the animal. And the animal, the diseased animal that was deteriorating would disease the water. And when the water got down to the village, they would drink it and they would get poisoned and they would die. Sometimes we've got a dead animal in the stream of our life called bitterness. And and the reason is is because we've been wounded and we've been hurt. You know, I found out wounds can turn into bitterness. Hurt can turn into unforgiveness where we never even intended to be there. But sometimes... What's coming out of our well is the anger, the hostility. But there's a a dead animal in the well. There's a dead, dead, putrefying, contaminated cause. And the only way to to get a pure well, a pure river, is to get the animal out of the river. Are you all with me? And the way you do that is you just own up to it. Don't repress it. Don't, don't express it in hostility. Confess it and say, Lord, I've been hurt. I've been abused. I've been betrayed. I've been frustrated. And I need a different spirit. I need a different heart. How many of you know the Lord is faithful to bring release? Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. Why don't you just bow your head for with me just a minute. There's too many people in here for this not to be speaking to somebody. Don't let anger ruin your life. Don't let it forfeit your destiny that God has for you. Don't let it, don't let it undermine all your relationships. Open your heart. You know, one of the greatest culprits of anger is parents our daddy, our mama? Would you just be willing to just confess before the Lord today that you need healing in your life? Maybe you've been frustrated because of things going on in your life and you're getting frustrated with how your life's gone or You know, how many of you today would say, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm, I'm struggling with anger, but I want to be released from it. Just lift your hands and I want to pray for you. You know, the Bible says that if we confess before the Lord, come on, just lift your hands. The Lord wants to help you today. The Lord wants to heal you today. How many of you, many of you would agree? If you got your hands, oh, come on, talk, turn to the Lord right now. He's the healer. Come on. He's your master. He's your savior. He's the God of you. He's the lover of your soul. And he wants to release his love and his grace over your life. Come on, just ask him, Lord, I don't want anger. I don't want hostility. Lord, I want a new heart. I want a new spirit. Father God, help me today. Come on, ask him, just cry out, Lord, heal my heart, heal my heart. Lord fill my heart with your love Father God thank you for coming today thank you for releasing your grace right now come on let's ask the Lord to break anger come on if you need to forgive just right now just say Lord forgive me Lord I'm sorry Lord God I don't want to be bitter I don't want to have unforgiveness I don't want to hold on to this offense Lord I release it today I give it to you today Lord I don't want to release it from my head I want to release it from my heart today help me lord help me father come on let's pray everybody pray with me father god we pray right now lord for your healing touch to be released god lord i know that nobody nobody wants to live in anger nobody wants to live with bitterness father in the name of jesus i ask you lord to break it to break its power to break its hold, lord father god in the name of jesus In the name of Jesus, come on, let's ask the Lord. Let's ask the Lord to break yokes right now. Come on, let's pray together. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's say it again. In the name of Jesus, I declare anger broken off of every heart and every life. In Jesus' name, I declare hearts are free, hearts are healed, hearts are made whole. Thank you, Lord, that you are healing me of all anger. And instead of anger, I have patience. I have love. I have kindness. Thank you, Lord. You're filling me with the fruit of your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now put your hands down with me for just a second. And let, let me just, before we go, you know, Jesus is the healer. But if you're not a Christian, if you're not saved, you can't experience what we're talking about today. It's not just good enough to go to church. you got to surrender. you got to give your life to Christ. you got to ask Him to forgive your sins. you got to let His blood wash you and His Spirit fill you before you can start experiencing a new life. And I want to give you a chance while everybody else is praying. I want to give you a chance today. They're praying for you right now. And they're asking God to touch your heart. If you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I don't know that I'm a Christian, but that's what I want. I want to give my heart and my life to Christ. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so I could see your hand right now? Come on and just bow your heart with me. Y'all extend your hand and let's pray for these. I just sense and feel the hurt, the frustrations that you've been through in your life. Come on. Your life is changing today. Come on, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for all the unforgiveness or the bitterness I've held towards those who've wronged me, who've hurt me, who've betrayed me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me As I forgive those. For my transgressions. For my sins. Lord I'm sorry. I don't want to be angry. I want to be sweet. I want your love in my life. Lord Jesus. I need your help. And I confess you. Before man. Before God. Before heaven. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. Help me, Jesus. Help me this day to live for you. I commit my heart. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Now listen, some of you, some of you maybe need to go home. You might need to, you might need to do business at home. You know, the Bible says in James confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed you know maybe what you need to do is just say you know what go to your family and say would you please forgive me for, for, for losing my mind for having these temper tantrums for being so 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 crazy come on are y'all with me they already know so why don't you just own up to it amen and you know what that does? Listen, that's a step of humility where you humble yourself. And that's where grace comes is in whenever we humble ourselves before God. Amen. You know, they understand. I mean, they, they don't like it, but they understand. And they will, they will pray for you. Amen. And there'll be a different household. Amen. Well, God bless you.